This is the Humerian Health Podcast. Spilling our guts for the well-being of yours. Thank you, Dr. Mendel, for joining us again to answer some follow-up questions that we got from our listeners uh, after they listened to the last podcast that we did um, with you. We have five questions. Hopefully, uh, these won't be too taxing, but they really just revisit uh, in a little bit more detail some of the information that you shared with us already. Um, And the first question, and we hear this quite a bit, um, that we have lots of families that are avoiding dairy products. And so they typically then buy uh, almond milk or some alternative, but um, hear that there are perhaps things in those milk substitutes that also should be avoided. And so um, one of our listeners wrote in and wondered what they should be looking for when purchasing um, a a dairy alternative, like an almond milk, and maybe what brands do you recommend that might be the cleanest to to look at? Well, yeah, I think uh, definitely uh, look for an organic uh, type of uh, uh, milk substitute. Uh, I use a uh, almond uh, milk myself that uh, it says it's organic, it's not sweetened. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a matter of reading the label, of course, but uh, uh, there's a lot of different uh, types of milk. I mean, there's uh, uh, some people have a problem with soy, uh, but there is a soy milk that's available that's uh, organic, it's not sweetened. There's an almond milk, there's a cashew milk. Uh, there's all kinds of things that are available, including goat's milk, too. Mm. A lot of people that have problem with um, dairy product, uh, milk uh, can go to a goat's milk as well. Okay, hmm. interesting. Yeah, and I've heard that. I've, I, um, I, goat's milk sometimes has a little bit stronger taste, and I know. But if you really yeah. like the milk taste, I think mm-hmm. it gets closer by far. Yeah, it's true. It's a little. Uh, you got to get used to some of these other things. But mm-hmm. uh, unfortunately, the the dairy milk today, uh, most of it is so highly processed with yeah. uh, antibiotics and growth drugs and uh, yeah. uh, who knows what that um, uh, is really. It's too bad because if you really tasted um, uh, real milk from uh, that hasn't been. Uh, all these processing, it tastes so much better. But anyway, look for organic, uh, look for, um, and try different uh, flavors of, uh, there's even different flavors of organic um, uh, almond milk, etc. Okay. Okay. Excellent. Great. Okay. Great. Um, all right. So the second question is, again, another sort of common question that we hear, which um, we have families that struggle with seasonal allergies. And in our last mm-hmm. podcast with you, you talked about um, an air purifier, and they're wondering what else can be done from a natural natural remedy perspective um, to address seasonal allergies. Um, and they, they even went so far as to say, I don't, I don't think their kids are going to love those horseradish tablets. Um, <laughs> but wondering what other suggestions you might have for seasonal allergies. Yeah, well, of course, I have 60 suggestions. I mean, if you look at uh, (laughs) the back of the book, uh, I talk about 60 different uh, uh, natural remedies, but here's the ones I I love the best. Uh, Butter burr, which Mm. no one's ever heard of, Mm -mm. but yet has been around forever in Europe. Uh, Curcumin, which is the active ingredient of um, uh, the spice. uh, Turmeric. To uh, turmeric, yep. mm-hmm. uh, which is an anti-inflammatory, mm-hmm. has wonderful uh, results with people who have uh, allergies, etc. Uh, I would switch over to green tea instead of drinking um, coffee or uh, even regular tea, mm-hmm. because green tea is a very 
strong antioxidant, which yep. of course helps as well. And then there's MSM, which is I think my favorite. Uh, I have a, a problem with some allergies as well, so I take an MSM a thousand milligram um, capsule every day. Uh, MSM is a, a type of um, uh, methane uh, uh, that uh, works as a anti-inflammatory and is wonderful uh, for uh, all types of allergy. And good old vitamin C. Mm-hmm. I don't think we can overemphasize how important vitamin C is. And I was just uh, saw a um, research study showing that still people are uh, not getting enough vitamin C in their diet. Mm-hmm. So uh, I feel that uh, extra vitamin C, about 500 milligrams, well, of course, it all depends on how old the person is, but 500 milligrams is uh, about the maximum you can absorb at one time. So you could take 500 milligrams even uh, twice a day. Okay. Uh, follow up on vitamin C very quickly. Are you talking about the... Um, I, I, I know you know this, but I know a lot of the listeners struggle with this. Um, the guy who um, found it, uh, Sint Georgi, uh, made sure that we do yeah. that. Vitamin C was ascorbic, aspirin, hesperin, rutin, and bioflavonoids. Is there one yeah, of absolutely. the components then, yeah. is one of those components more key for allergies than just ascorbic acid, which, as you know, was kind of what they always put in? Yeah, I think you get, uh, I, I, when I talk about vitamin C, I'm talking about uh, to get the uh, organic uh, vitamin C that uh, is from, uh, uh, they could come from tapioca, etc. And uh, you can uh, get it with uh, the bioflavonoids, okay. asparagus and okay. rutin, yeah. which I like because uh, it's, a, it's the way vitamin C really occurs in nature. Right. Uh, the ascorbic acid, of course, is a generic name for vitamin C, but that's all man-made and uh, uh, I wouldn't recommend that. I'd recommend getting a, an organic form that uh, tells you the source. See, Perfect. if it doesn't tell you the source, then you don't know where it comes from. Okay. I appreciate you clarifying that. I thought that would be important because most will just buy ascorbic acid and actually think they're getting what they need and, and it not work, right. and then they think it didn't work, and I and I didn't want that. So, okay, follow-up question, Amy. I was about to say I felt pretty good about myself because I knew two out of the five things, and Excellent. now I can say I know one out of the five <laughs> things. I've more <laughs> research so close. So close. Okay. okay. So our, th- our third question is, you talked to, uh, to us about sea salt and that it has great trace minerals. Um, and right. so one of our listeners was wondering, are there other foods that can also contain trace minerals that we should be including in our diet? Oh, absolutely. I mean, uh, you know, uh, I'm doing some work for um, the, the walnut growers here in California. And it's amazing to think that only 5.5% of adults ever eat walnuts. Mm-hmm. And walnuts are a wonderful source of all these trace minerals, as well as cashews, etc. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're called tree nuts. Uh, and uh, it's so unbelievable to me to think that, that people have never, never put this into their diet. And it's, uh, you know, you can shred them, put them on salads. There's uh, so many ways that you can get this into your diet as well as, uh, as snacks. Mm-hmm. And uh, zinc, which, uh, of course, comes from oysters, uh, soy foods, sa- uh, wild salmon, uh, all the gre- anything green uh, is so important uh, for uh, minerals as well. Uh, and uh, uh, I talk about uh, wheat germ. Uh, and almonds. They're all great sources of uh, minerals as well. Okay. Okay. Excellent. Great. 
So question number four, and you actually uh, talked a little bit about this when you were talking about almond milk um, and also the vitamins. Make sure you're reading the labels. Um, And you talked about the importance of reading food labels in our last episode as well, um, looking for particular ingredients. And um, it it seems like most of the time when I read an ingredients list, there are words that I can't even pronounce. Um, And so... How do you know what you're supposed to be looking for? Or is there a good source of education when you're standing in the supermarket aisle and you're trying to read labels and figure out, you know, does this product have both what I need and does it not have what I should not be eating? Well, I think you answer your own question. If you can't pronounce it and don't understand it, don't eat it. Don't eat it. Yep. Don't buy it. I mean, uh, I mean, uh, it's amazing to think how they are processing foods today. Uh, I like to go into the markets and read some of the labels. Sometimes I'll find a uh, chemical I haven't heard of. I have to look up. Uh, some of them can have 20, 30 different ingredients in uh, the product. So it's pretty obvious that uh, we should start to uh, uh, buy foods that don't have labels. You know, uh, I don't see any labels on a banana. I don't see any labels on a potato. I mean, uh, if it's, uh, of course, they can be processed too, but that's why I I always ask people, if possible, uh, buy the organic forms of uh, your food because those are free of pesticides, insecticides, and herbicides. And the nice thing uh, is happening is that more and more of these uh, organic foods are now available everywhere. Uh, before it was very, very limited amount of um, of uh, foods that were organic, but I know it's more and more markets are carrying uh, uh, natural foods. Mm-hmm. Excellent, excellent. Yeah. And the last question, which. I think Amy's waited all day to deliver. <laughs> I have. Well, it was one of the, you know, I mean, not that all of the episode wasn't interesting, but we definitely got a good chuckle out of your statement about the yeah. Twinkie Ding Dong Donut. The Twinkie donut. Ding Dong Donut Pizza Prozac Pepsi Diet. Yeah. Yes, that one. <laughs> um, Which is, uh, unfortunately, uh, getting worse in this country instead of better. But uh, let me just say this, that... Uh, you got to go back, and I'm a, I'm a great proponent of uh, going back and learning what happened in history. See, after the Second World War, things changed dramatically. First of all, uh, women were not working. Uh, they were staying at home and uh, making food, etc. But then the Second World War, of course, when all the men went to the war, uh, women started to work. So that changed dramatically after the, after the war. And also the processing of food, because let's be realistic: when you're um, in the middle of nowhere, you want to you just don't uh, have availability of fresh uh, food. So the packaging of food became uh, a big deal. And uh, I think the the biggest (laughs) the the biggest example of that is uh, I don't know if you've been to Hawaii, but. Mm-hmm. The big mm-hmm. food in Hawaii, believe it, is Spam, mm-hmm. S-P-A-M. I yes. did not uh, know some, some that. Ho- oh, yeah. Some horrible, some horrible thing that comes in a can <laughs> that we're not sure what's in there. But because of there was, uh, you know, there were there was restrictions, there was uh, uh, food uh, uh, was rationed. So they uh, produced this Spam, and it's still a big seller there. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> So oh, that's, that's really what happened. Big, uh, big agribusiness uh, started to realize that, hey, uh, we could make a lot more money selling packaged goods. I mean, I'm old enough to remember um, 
uh, during the uh, the war, uh, a little young during the but right after, uh, everything was packaged. And then in the 50s, it was the TV dinners and uh, I used to say yellow jello and consomme mm-hmm. is what they even uh, gave people in hospitals. I mean, if you look at those things, they're unbelievably bad. And of course, um, big uh, drug companies uh, with the advent of penicillin uh, during the war, um, the antibiotics, they uh, saw the difference in uh, you know, uh, their bottom line. So today, uh, even though it's 70 years later, we are eating uh, packaged foods. Uh, very few people sit down and eat a, a meal anymore. I mean, maybe they're lucky once a day, but most of us are snackers. And if you look at all those snack foods, they're loaded with all kinds of additives and uh, preservatives. One of them, uh, my favorite, I don't know if I mentioned this in uh, our last interview, is sodium inosinate. Mm. If you read a uh, label and you see sodium inosinate, you'll, uh, you've probably never heard of it. It's found naturally in popcorn. That's why you can't just sit down and have one kernel of popcorn. <laughs> you have yeah. to eat the whole. Uh, I love when you go to a Do movie and these problem. people. Yeah. Well, the, the movie, you see these people coming in with a gigantic uh, bowl or mm-hmm. container of popcorn, and they, uh, they'll eat it all. So they've made a synthetic form of inositate, and uh, that's why they say you just can't eat one. Huh. Very interesting. interesting. Yeah. Okay, that's all we've got. We've got five questions, and uh, we're going to be asking you back to be able to cover your uh, your book, A New Vitamin Bible. Right, right, right. Yep. Uh, looking uh, forward you, to that. Check, check with uh, our uh, the publisher, too. I have uh, a brand-new book coming out called uh, Healing with Hemp uh, oh. CBD oil. Oh, that's so good. Oh, it's so popular yeah. right well, now. Actually, it's well, super- my feeling is that uh, CBD is going to be the next big uh, revolutionary supplement. I mean, there's no doubt about it. It's got so many unbelievable attributes. Uh, and as soon as the government wakes up to the fact that they have a patent on it for the last almost 20 years, wow. uh, you know, they're saying, well, it has no uh, therapeutic use, and yet they have a patent on it. Uh, which is interesting because theoretically they could uh, charge a royalty to everybody who comes out with CBD. Okay. Yeah, All right. Fabulous. Hey, and uh, who is your publicist? Uh, no, the Square One. Uh, That's right. Square, okay. I remember that. Okay. Square One has a book. Uh, okay. It'll be coming out, um, I think, uh, January, February. Okay. 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 We will get back to you on that. And thank you so much for taking your time and and for fitting us in. We appreciate it. Uh, we appreciate your insights and information. We know our listeners do, too. All right. Okay. okay. Bye-bye. Bye. Excellent. Like usual. Absolutely. I'm really excited to talk to him every time we get him on the phone. Yeah. And I have more reading to do now, obviously. Well, yeah. <laughs> now I, now I got to look up the sodium inosinate or whatever right? he said. Well, now I know why the popcorn problem. I was going to say, okay. I don't feel so bad about bins. eating all the I mean, popcorn. these things could fit a horse. I mean, they could feed a horse and you get two hey, people. Hey, careful. Hey, they, wear, they weigh 80 pounds and the whole thing's gone at the end. And 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 my, my sons know if I, I don't ever buy it, hardly ever, but if I do, it, it's all going, man. Yeah. No, and, I, and then I moan afterwards. It's awful. <laughs> So now I know why. I didn't even know yeah, why. Yeah, now you know. I thought it was the butter <laughs> and the salt. 
It was the movie. movie. Yeah, it was the movie. <laughs> All right, All cool. Right. Well, another, another good session. Yeah, it was. Amy Baker, Dr. Sean Bensinger. Humarian Health Podcast. Spilling our guts. For the well-being of yours. That's right. Thanks for having the guts to listen to the Humarian Health Podcast. If you have things you'd like to gut check, send us an email at gutcheck at humarian.com. 